0: Hey guys, welcome back to The Rose Room where we have unfiltered discussions about movies, games, anime, and more. Now today I'm going to bring you a continuation of something that I've been going on for for my last couple of podcasts. And that is the upcoming game, or getting you ready for the upcoming game for Kingdom Hearts 3. Now with that, we're going to wind up going to next installment and I am not going in game chronological order. I am going in the order that they were released inside the U.S., Now, Kingdom Hearts 2 is the next installment that we're gonna be talking about, and that comes directly after the release of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories for the Game Boy Advance. Now, Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in 2006, and that was, I'd say, one of the best moments of my life when I saw this commercial, because I literally cried. I don't know, how old was I? I don't know, I was like, what, 13? And I started, like, bawling because I was so happy this game was coming out. Well, this game came out for PlayStation 2 at first. And over the years, it ended up being re-released inside its final mix version for the PlayStation 3. And then again for the PlayStation 4. If you guys haven't heard any of my other podcasts, go catch those games out over in the 2.5 remix for the PlayStation 4. And definitely look for 2.8 and Kingdom Hearts 3 that's going to be coming out in January 2019 now the basis for kingdom hearts 2 continues off of what happened inside chain of memories for the Game Boy advance so those of you who skipped from one and then went straight to two i'm sorry because you are probably so freaking confused it's like not even funny now with that the story takes place with the ending or sort of ending ish of chain of memories now in chain of memories anybody who doesn't know this is going to be a spoiler at the end Sora loses all of his memories. And in order to put him back together, um, I guess you can call her a witch of some sort, uh, nobody named Namine wound up telling him that I'm gonna put your memories back together but you have to trust me and go to sleep, boom. So he goes into this pod, he falls asleep, and it takes you to, from that point, to a story about Sora's nobody now the reason why I'm saying that clear out because nobody's gonna know what the hell that is is because Kingdom Hearts um, Chain of Memories and Kingdom Hearts 2 explained that a nobody is basically the shell or the husk that is made when a Person is turned into a heartless now It's basically like the heart itself is you the, you know, the darkness part of you that gets swallowed up which is the heartless itself that's the monster that controls you, that now has your heart. Now since your heart's no longer in your body, you're basically turning into, uh, I think they're called Dusks inside Kingdom Hearts 2. It's just an empty shell that, a minion that listens to nobody's to have actual power. Now, it starts off with a guy named Roxas, and you have no, basically no idea who he is if you never played um, Chain of Memories, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, Chain of Memories. And... In a game that they released later on, which, if I'm not mistaken, was around 2008, which is 358 over 2 for the DS. It explains more about who Roxas is, how he started, what, no, everything that goes on to make him who he is at the start of Kingdom Hearts 2. And with that, you play as him through the tutorial phase of the game, which is just like the Destiny Island part inside Kingdom Hearts 1. And you learn a little bit about what's going on. Um, Bits and pieces, you find out that he's nobody. He has a connection to Sora. He starts having these weird memories that he has no idea where it's coming from. Then he finds out that he's a Keyblade Master, and that's exactly basically what Sora is. And I'm going to keep on saying and, because I really got to think about this. Because this is like one of those games where you can play the whole entire thing and still wind up being confused once you try to go over what everything's about. Now... He winds up bumping into who appears to be an old friend named Axel, which is also um, a nobody. Now, when he comes into play, he winds up introducing a little dynamic, which is Organization 13. Organization 13 was um, brought to you first inside Chain of Memories. They were actually the bad guys there. Once again, they come back, and they are the bad guys yet again. But it's a little more controversial than that, and time goes on, you'll find that out. Um, some old people from Chain of Memories pop back, which is Axel. you see Naminé, um, you wind up getting, I think, bits and pieces, I'm not quite positive, but I think you get bits and pieces of memories as you go through the whole entire tutorial phase. Now, with that, he's remembering Sora's memories in particular, and what's supposed to happen is once he memorizes, or, sorry, Rememorizes memorizes everything that Sora knew he would be then ready to go back to where he came from aka he'd be able to find Sora and then become one with Sora so Sora can wake up again and become him basically his self now you find out that Roxas is the nobody of Sora and he was created in the moment that Sora pierced his own heart with um, I think it was called the key to unlock hearts or something like that and he turned himself into heartless to save kyrie from there a powerful nobody was created which was roxas and from that point on roxas then cr- inherits the keyblade master abilities because he is a part of sora and he's also getting all of his memories and everything like that so that plays a huge part now once you get to the end of the tutorial part you wind up coming to terms as roxas that you need to go back to where you belong you have a strong connection, and that you need to save Sora. That's basically how it all turns out. At the end of the tutorial, you wind up waking up Sora. Donald and Goofy are also inside pods, just waiting for Sora to wake up. That turns into a bigger spiel, because once Sora wakes up, he winds up traveling all the way to what used to be um, Traverse Town. Uh, not Traverse Town, it used to be Hollow Bastion. In the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2, it's still considered Hollow Bastion. It looks different than the Hollow Bastion from Kingdom Hearts 1. However, the true name of this place is called Radiant Gardens, and it's basically the home, or the original home, for all the Organization 13 members and basically every single Final Fantasy character, I'm guessing. Uh, the only reason why I'm guessing that is because they don't really go too much about it, but they do say that halabashan is their home, so it's kind of just, like, implied. Uh, when you find up, find out that everybody's a Halabashian, you find out that things are going sideways, uh, Organization Thirteen winds up showing in front of you and basically telling Sora that Sora's a traitor and spewing a whole bunch of nonsense that Sora has no idea about. Now, the reason why they're going on about that is because... Roxas was actually in Organization 13. He was the 13th member of Organization 13. He had a huge role inside Organization 13. and if you guys want to find out a little more about that, because I'm not going to go into detail about that yet, but if you want to go ahead, I advise you to check out any emulator on the PC, any old systems that you have for the DS or 3DS, anything like that, and play 350 at over 2. For multiple reasons, in my opinion, one because the new installments of the game 2.5, a uh, 1.5 and 2.5 remix, they don't have the um, availability, availability, excuse me, to play that game. It's more of a I'm going to show you all the cutscenes so you can get a basic um, idea of what the whole entire thing's about. Unfortunately, I really wished that they put in the actual game because I love this game and it had a multiplayer aspect for anybody who wanted to play with you which would have made this a super amazing game to release on the PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 3. But with that you find out everything there is to know about Roxas and why he is the Keyblade Master and you also find out why he holds two keyblades instead of one which is a big installment in the game because later on you get the ability to hold two keyblades as Sora and I'll get that in a second. Once you find out all about that and they accuse Sora, Sora fights back is like oh these guys are crazy they don't know what they're talking about yada 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 and then continues on to trying to meet everybody in Hollow Bastion. You find out that the computer in Hollow is going crazy and know causing all this stuff to happen and you now everybody's fighting heartless and the Maleficent's collecting an army and trying to you know be a super big badass and all this stuff yes Maleficent's still in here she did not die inside the old games because apparently Maleficent cannot die she gets destroyed and she can come back as long as anybody remembers her name or thinks about her anything of the sort which is you know sort it's exactly like it she's supposed to which is inside sleeping beauty and it follows suit so inside this one she comes back she has a new henchman which is pete and if everybody knows pete from disney you know steamboat willie and you know pete with um mickey and all that old stuff sorry i'm kind of old-ish <laughs> and i love old cartoons but <clears throat> once they f- um, start you know showing that maleficent's back and their plans are coming out kind of branches off in two separate directions like one is the heartless and then one is the nobodies and then you have of course Sora and the gang and all the good guys that are going after them long story short about this I'm gonna try to skip some stuff because I don't want this to be super super long you find out that each nobody is going to each and every single world again different worlds inside this game compared to Kingdom Hearts 1, and I'm telling you, the worlds are phenomenal. Um, you wind up going to all these worlds, and inside some of the worlds, you wind up meeting the nobodies that belong, I guess, inside that territory, in order to you know, start stuff. Now, you got Mulan in this one, you have Beauty and the Beast's world, you have um, Atlantica, I think, what Atlantis, or whatever um, Little Mermaids thing is. I totally forgot. Um, after that you have Nightmare for Christmas again You have The Lion King You even have uh, Pirates of the Caribbean world In this which was a great addition You have Agrabah again They did repeat a couple of worlds But they did make them drastically different Like drastically different than it was Inside the first one um, As you're going on you're learning that Or is learning that he has nobody or um and that person's turns out to be Roxas and through this you find out that Riku actually got out of the realm of darkness aka where he was in the end of Kingdom Hearts 1 and you find out through Kingdom Hearts uh, Rechain of Memories or Chain of Memories depending on which one you play you find out that Riku was fighting against his darkness and then he was supposedly have been able to control his darkness to some extent which changed his physical appearance now at first when Sora finds Riku he's on guard because he looks exactly like Ansem who wasn't really Ansem just the heartless of Xehanort and from there it's a little awkward and then Kairi's with them and at that point because it's towards the end and it's just things just fall a little bit more into place at the same time while falling out of it the basic point of it is Diz a character from Chain of Memories turns out to be Anthem the Wise the original Anthem. he was the one that started the whole entire like looking for the door of darkness trying to get more information about Heartless and so on and so forth until Xehanort you know you'll find that out inside Birth by Sleep Xehanort just basically fucks it all up (laughs) and then does his own shit and so Ansem started going on the run to try to figure out a way to stop a monster that he created, which was Xehanort himself. Which, even though he didn't really do anything, it was just his research that kind of did that. Riku is with Diz because inside Chain of Memories, Riku meets Diz. And then from there on, he's basically his mentor trying to help Sora get back into being Sora so that you know the whole entire plan that is doing can be stopped, halted. Now, Xehanort is the master of Organization 13 and his plan is basically he wants all of the nobodies to have hearts Uh, Now if anybody knows Kingdom Hearts, we all know that's not his final goal But for the time being this is his goal that he wants to get done so it can help with his overall agenda now I personally believe that he just used them and all this stuff as an excuse for them to actually open the door to light which is Kingdom Hearts itself, which is the passageway to the Realm of Darkness. And inside the Realm of Darkness also lies the Realm of Light. Very confusing, yes, but it makes sense as you read up about it and learn more about the game. Like I said, if anything happened in 2.8 that I don't know about, I haven't actually played it myself. I've been struggling to try to get it, so excuse me on that part. Um, Throughout the whole entire thing, Sora is getting new abilities, learning more stuff about himself, Riku, and Kairi is just, you know... Damsel in Distress until like the end of it, where she is given a Keyblade personally by Riku, which is confusing because I thought only actual Keyblade holders would actually be able to use a Keyblade. However, I guess she's a Keyblade holder in a sense because she is technically a Princess of Heart, so she can use one. I'm guessing. I'm just going off the top of my head because they, they don't explain Jack with that. Um, so she become, helps a little bit towards the end inside the final world final world is the world um, it was like the world that never was and that's basically the home of the nobodies Xehanort which is the original body um, of like the master Xehanort for anybody who's actually done birth by sleep master Xehanort when he basically split himself into no heartless and nobody and he had nobody kind of had a plan with this and Everything's leading towards the final moment, which is supposed to be inside Kingdom Hearts 3. We're not totally positive it's actually going to end everything. But it's supposed to explain a lot more about what goes on. He basically just uses them, um, Sora and Riku as a way to opening the door. Once the door to light is opened, he basically absorbs the power of it, goes inside. um, Sora and Riku follow suit to fight him for the final battle. Yada yada, the fight. And it ends, but it ends in an abrupt way. It's kind of hard to actually explain fully. That's something that I advise you guys, if you don't really care too much about the game itself, playing it wise, at least watch the cutscenes from the game so that way you can get some look at what's supposed to happen. I'd really advise looking at the ending sequences for these two games because Sora and Riku get trapped inside the realm of light, I guess, or this is the realm of twilight in this sense. And they get magically transported into what I think is the realm of darkness, which shows up as a beach. Now, if anybody ever um, played Number One, they know that they were stating in the beginning that every world shares one sky, every world shares one sea over the hot horizon, and all this stuff, and ev- basically every world's connected. Now, this comes to show, like, it comes to f- fruition, basically, when. A portal opens up inside the ocean when Riku and Sora are chilling at this beach inside the world of darkness, or the realm of dark. They walk right into it and end up on Destiny Islands with Kairi waiting for them there. Now, that's how it ends, of course. I mean, of course it doesn't end just there because they find another message from the king and, you know, just like number one ended. But they end in a good note on this one. Now, with the Organization 13, I never specified people who are in them. Now, I'm going to (laughs) go a little bit off the top of my head on who the Organization 13 members are in this game. And um, if you get the final mix version, I advise you to look at the last podcast that I did. And I wind up explaining who's inside that one. So I'm not going to explain everybody in Organization 13 because some of them are now dead. So (laughs) it's no point. So, I'm going to start off with number one, Xehanort. Xehanort is head honcho, self-explanatory. He's kind of like the evil dude of the whole entire series. So, he's very important. On top of that, you have, you know, my favorite character, Axel. He is, you know, he's such a badass, I'm not going to lie. He's my favorite character because not only does he wield fire, he just looks so boss. It's not even funny. Plus, his personality is just to die for love him um you wind up getting zigbar and zigbar if i'm not mistaken yeah zigbar has he's a sniper basically has two little crossbow guns he's uh, a really important part when it comes to zaynor himself uh he's has deeper ties with organization 13 than is led to believe now you find that more in birth by sleep but once again that's something you're gonna have to actually check for yourself or just wait until the next podcast comes out for birth by sleep which actually should be in about two podcasts because the next one after this is 358 over two and then after that is when birth by sleep was released so you'll be getting that pretty soon um okay (laughs) the next person that we have is actually um zaldin now zaldin excuse me for kind of messing that up you gotta they all have x's in front of their name or inside their name something like that it's you'll see it um but zaldin himself is if I'm not mistaken, he's the one that h- carries the, like I think it was like six or seven lances. Um, he summons. He uses wind. That's his element. Now with uh, Axel, you have fire. Um, Zigbar, I think you just have t- uh, teleportation. I don't even know if that's a thing. Kinetic energy. I'm just gonna say that because it basically looks like Gambit's cards. Um, then you have Zaldin, which is wind. Uh, Another character we have is Luxord. Now, he's basically just luck. He's a gambler, so he plays with just cards, and he turns people into dice and other cards and stuff like that. Um, He's actually a really cool guy. I advise anybody who doesn't know him to check his character bio out. He's pretty dope. Um, Then we have Syax, which is basically best or ex-best friends of Axel when Axel was actually human, and then they both became, you know, nobodies. And then they be- were friends as nobodies until, I guess, Sayak started becoming more of a, uh, I want my heart back, so I'm going to be all up into this plan to get my heart back. And started kissing Zemnis's ass like no tomorrow. Like, his skin's a little darker than other characters, and I guarantee it's because his nose has been so far up Zemnis's ass that, you know, it kind of just spread all over his skin. Now, <laughs> um... Last but not least that we have that was inside the game besides Roxas himself is Demix. Now Demix is a water user. Now between all of the Organization 13 members, the ones that I personally know people adore and love beyond belief are Axel and Demix. Now everybody loves Axel once again because his personality is badass. He uses fire and all that. Now Demix on the other hand is like the complete opposite of Axel in the sense that Axel is not that noisy. He doesn't he acts uh, cool, calm, and collected, basically. Now, with that, Demix is all about music being loud. He's water type. He's annoying, wimpy, and pretty boy in a sense. Uh, I love him. Mean, I love his character. Don't get me wrong, because it kind of fits in the yin and yang when it comes to Axon Demix. However, he's quite annoying. So. If you do wind up listening to any of his, like, um, words and comments and quotes and all that stuff on YouTube, you're going to get type annoyed a little tiny bit, but just once again, all these characters are very loving and it's, it's really great to actually be able to see their, the relationship side from Kingdom Hearts 58 over two. So that's another epic way to learn about organization 13. Make sure you play that game. I can't stress that enough. Um... Inside, or besides from Roxas being the last one that was in the game, inside this, we don't get any new OC characters, which is kind of saddening because, you know, everybody loves when a game adds an OC character and they turn out to be, like, be amazing. However, they do kind of-ish mention, not mention, but hint towards in the Final Mix version. uh, One of the Keyblade members, aka organization thirteen members, that I have not mentioned yet because it she's technically a fourteenth member, so she's not officially inside Organization 13. And she plays a super huge part in Roxas' life. And once again, that's inside three hundred and fifty eight over two. So you guys gotta go check that out as soon as possible. Um she has like a little bit mentions here and there. I don't know if you're allowed to fight her inside Final Mix. I haven't played it in so long, but She's important, and once again, the next installments of podcast after this will explain all of that. Um, those are basically all the really OC characters, besides you know, Organization 13. You can't really, they're part of the game, like, they're OC characters, but they're kind of already mentioned or mostly mentioned inside of like Rechain of Memories. So, I can't really go and say they're super new. I mean the characters themselves are new the concept of the characters is just continuing from the last game. I really do think if they had another like Sora and the Riku type thing and they kept them in there that would been great but unfortunately Roxas joins up with Sora so of doesn't really stay in there very long. However what I didn't neglected to tell you guys is the additions to the game that made this game so much better than Kingdom Hearts One. Now with that, wound up coming new controls because inside Kingdom Hearts One, you the right stick was able to you up and down the menu, left and right, all that stuff. They changed it inside Ki- um, Hearts Two. They put it so that you can control the camera, so it makes it a little bit more smooth instead of using the L2 and R2 like inside number one. They also added a new button. Um, system reaction thing it's called a reaction command it's basically the triangle button every time certain events start happening you press the triangle button to help you inside the battle that you're fighting i guess like usually does a shitload of damage to the enemies or creates openings for you to do so they added forms like (laughs) it's a special power that you have that uses the power of your friends aka the two teammates that you have with you to power yourself up exponentially now at first it's basically just hey goofy Join with me, and then Goofy disappears, and it's just you and your partner. Most of the time, it's gonna be Donald in the beginning, and you get two Keyblades. You get a power boost. You get like a combo boost and all that stuff. Basically, two Keyblades and just whoop ass. Okay, that's the best part. Whoop ass. They added another one, which is Wisdom Form. It's basically like you have skates on your feet that are invisible, and you're just gliding around everywhere and shooting bullets out of your Keyblade, which is also super badass. It wasn't as fun as the other ones that cu- came out and i'll get to that in a second but it was so cool that how they just differentiated this playstyle from its original form and i loved it loved it loved it loved it i'm glad they put it in there after that is there's master form which is basically um since wisdom form is wisdom you know magic and all that stuff and dollar form is you know i'm gonna beat your ass with my sticks in my hand type of thing and you can't really use magic They came out with Wisdom Form, which is really good hand-to-hand and amazing when it comes to magic. So that one, the ability that it basically gives you, which I forgot to state for the first two. This one, when you level it up enough, you get the ability to double jump in air, which is really really great, especially when you're trying to get to certain places inside Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. Especially Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, there's a special room that is not inside the original game, and it's basically end game content pretty pretty dope Um, strong enemies you need it in order to get the treasure chest in there so just gonna give you a heads up on that the first on for valor form you get high jump and then for wisdom you get the ability to basically like slide on the ground as if you were on a skateboard or something which they also had inside the game I forgot to say it was like a mini game thing you get to ride a skateboard also pretty badass um, another form is anti-form, which is happens during some boss fights. You can turn into a heartless form, basically. It takes off both of your teammates, and you can't really do anything. It's basically like a negative form. Um, it's not good. You can't heal. There's no way to heal whatsoever. So most of your attacks are homing attacks. So basically, you just dash towards your enemy, beat the shit out of them with like a crap ton of hits. It does a lot of damage. The only drawback is you can't like get out of it. You have to wait until your drive form, which is the bar for your drives, goes to zero, and then you're out. You die. That's also a way to do it. Or you just don't go in it at all. Like, (laughs) to be honest, it's really bad. Um, Another one is the final form, which is, as it states, the final form inside Kingdom Hearts 2, which is, like, god form. You get two keyblades. You don't even hold the damn keyblades. You use, like, telekinesis or something to control them. And you just become like so badass that nobody can basically touch you in that game. So badass, like so badass. The only bad thing about it is you don't get it until the final world, so it's kind of like, hey, you get this to do all the stuff and grab all the stuff that you didn't get b- or do before. Ooh, that's about it. But it's really worth it because you get the glide ability, which is not an ability that you actually get inside here normally. So. Definitely level that up. Once you get all these forms up to their max levels, you get the amazing versions of these skills. Every time they level up, um, I think twice you level up the ability that they give you. And it's, it's really good. It's worth it. They added an extra form inside of Final Mix 2, or Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, which is um, critical form. It's a form from the game recoded, or coded in this sense. It was a phone game. And... Basically, you just get the abilities that you had in Kingdom Hearts 1. It's not super amazing, but it's pretty cool to have, especially since you can do it with no, like have it with no friends, and it's uh, good to use in a pinch to save your ass. You'll find that out if you play the Final Mix version, which can be found inside 2.5 and 1.5 plus 2.5 Remix, which is for PlayStation 3 and then PlayStation 4. Um, other than that, I can't really say anything. Other than that, it's like those basic things, the big parts of it. Uh, if you want to get into more detail, definitely play the game. I didn't want to get too much because this was a bigger game than number one, in my opinion. There was a lot more information that was thrown at us. Um, like, what do I say? Basically, the war that was supposed to happen between light, um, you know, the nobodies and the heartless, that didn't happen. It was stopped. Maleficent backed off because she. F- Saw the power that you know, um, Zaynort had so she kind of just ran back and is biding her time She's most likely going to be back inside Kingdom March 3 and if so, that would be super awesome Um, I'm not really sure what else I can really tell you guys except for really badly I need you guys to go check out these other games and then join me in some conversation if you guys like the game if you guys know anything that I actually need to correct I would always put any corrections that I need to make inside future podcasts. So please leave a message on my Instagram, on my Facebook page. You can do that on the um, anchor.fm slash the Road Room podcast site and once you do that you know leave a review that's the only way you can really message me through there and a thumbs up and then from there I can wind up going on and answering any questions you may have correcting myself if I've made any type of errors or elaborating on anything that you need me to elaborate on now any other social medias for me and you can also catch you know some things from juice she also you can get in contact with her in order to get to me if you have to and you can find her at YouTube.com slash vlogs. You can also find me on Instagram, j.fresh912. Hit me up in the DMs, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, hit her up, um, wind up commenting on her stuff, check her out, check her YouTube videos out, her vlogs. She's actually starting her own podcast, and you guys can check that out pretty soon. All of our links will be inside the description for my profile, and once again, it's anchor.fm slash the Rose Room Podcast. And I thank you guys very much for tuning in. Remember, next podcast will be coming out hopefully sometime this week. If not, there will always be an update on my Instagram. I want to be hitting you guys soon. Thank you very much for tuning into the Rose Room. Love and peace. Catch you on the flip side.